Welcome back to the Sunday Roast. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? How are your hearts? And how are your heads? Guys, what's happening? How's it going? It's been a while. It's been a minute. I'm not going to do it. Don't worry. Ignore it. I've been away. I'm coming back. I am back. We are back. Welcome back to the Sunday Roast. For those of you who are listening, please consider signing up to the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. Uh, I've got a really good interview coming up with an incredibly good uh, writer, comedian, genius satirist known by the name of Meditations for the Anxious Mind. Real name, Frankie McNamara, which he never releases, but that's his literal real name. Um, I can give you his address if you want. That's coming up soon. There's also lots of additional podcasts on the Patreon. It's my only source of income. Please help me. Please keep me away from the workhouse or the poorhouse or what have you and consider signing up patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. You can follow me on Instagram at Megan Mark. How are you? I'm okay. Let's get straight into it. Let's not do the, you know, oh, he's back. Is he back? No, he's not back. He does one week and then he disappears for three more. Nevertheless, today we're talking about middle-class Irish guilt, I know, right? It's probably not going to be super divisive. It's probably not going to be niche, but middle-class Irish guilt and or middle-class Irish awkwardness. And before you fret, do not worry. When I say middle-class Irish guilt, I'm not talking about why, you know, your parents used to have a crucifix above their bed at home or why your dad used to baste his condoms in holy water three weeks in advance of having sex with your mum in PPE gear. No. I'm also not talking about bullshit sort of Celtic tiger trends like why every middle-class Irish household had a smoothie maker, a fucking Michael Bublé CD, and a beanbag, inexplicably. What the hell was going on with beanbags? Beanbags seem to have faded into complete oblivion. Do any of you guys still have a beanbag? If you do, take a picture of it and send it in. I want to see your bean bags. Bean bags were outrageous. Oh, would you like a man-sized packet of millions that is impossible to get in or out of? Oh, absolutely. Yes, please. Would you like it in a colour and fabric that is at total odds with everything else in the room? Oh, well, well, yes, of course. Oh, by the way, actually, sorry. By the way, there are hundreds and thousands of little white balls in this that apparently make your stomach explode if you ingest them. Oh, that sounds messy. I suppose you've got them sealed away in such an angle that are impossible to access by, shall we say, a curious child. Oh, no, no, no. We've just added a tiny zip that seems to slide down more often than I'm assuming my dad's did before the divorce. Do you know what I mean? Also, by the way, also... You know the oh, little white balls that make your stomach explode? Use something else. Use different white balls. There are various other balls you could use that wouldn't... It's like whenever... I think I've said this before, but like when people say drug dealers would lace their drugs with rat poison. Choose something else. Choose anything else. Why would the drug dealer go to the bother of going to like a hardware store, purchasing rat poison, doing all of that? Use flour or shukra. You've got a million and three other options. Anyway, back to beanbags. Bean bags. Are you? Oh, well, 
these are obviously I must look really like mature and poised in these beanbags no 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 it's completely impossible to sit down in a fucking beanbag with even a shred of dignity you're also by the way now sitting at a lower height than everybody else in the room so no matter how interesting you are or how valid your contribution to the conversation is people are just looking at you thinking you stupid oversized baby you piece of fucking shit put down that bottle of Heineken leave us alone go to bed little baby Baby, beanbags. No, we're not here to talk about beanbags, guys. But do send us your bean bags. Today we're talking about guilt. Certain things that make Irish, middle-class Irish people feel guilty. I live in shared accommodation, as you all know. Some of you may know. Do any of you know? I live in shared accommodation. As a result of that, the house can sometimes get messy. Common areas become filled with dust. Bathroom, you know, uh, on a surface level is clean, but once you peel back the surface, you know, it could do with a deeper clean. So myself and my housemates decided to pull together and get a cleaner. And this is a process that I've never been involved in as an adult because I've never been able to afford a cleaner before. And it it made me sort of remember my childhood whenever we did have a cleaner that used to come to the house. And it's a very bizarre dynamic in sort of Irish households, isn't it? Having a cleaner. First and foremost, the one that we got last week, right? Now, I know what you're going to think, so I'm just going to have to use a fake name. But um, in the, cl- the cleaner came in and had obviously one of those. And this, by the way, this is not racist, right? But had one of those ridiculous names that has to be fake, by the way. Has to be fake. There's Because there's no way that this person had that, you know, came in and they always have that real, like, stereotypical cleaner name. Do you know what I mean? Like, Geomage. Do you know what I mean? Cormac. Do you know, sort of like, Flancy. Do you know, the real cleaner name. But this cleaner came in, by the way, and I'm fucking terrified of her. First and foremost, I was like, oh, so, um, I believe it's, uh, like 50 euro. She was like, yeah, yeah, that's just for the haul. And I was like, sorry? She managed to negotiate a surcharge for each extra room that she was cleaning. Like a Ryanair flight, but with higher levels of personal hygiene. Anyway, in she comes and starts cleaning. And she was one of those real aggressive cleaners. You know the ones? She sort of stomps around the house like a pre-crash layman brother, trader, with a Bluetooth headset attached to both ears. Two heads? That is just unnecessary. That's blue teeth. Anyway, I was living in fear. She also, by the way, almost managed to convince me to do the fucking hoovering in my own room. I was like, oh yeah, this is my room. She's like, oh, well, that'll need a hoover before I come in. Well, that's madness in itself. She then goes up to get the hoover, by the way, and starts giving out to me, saying that it doesn't work properly. To be fair, I'm like, yeah, no, no idea what could have, what could have broken that hoover, like, you know? Meanwhile, stifling the memory of me on Stephen's Day hoovering up 73,000 Christmas tree needles and hoping for the best. Our hoover literally sounds like Big Nasty having an asthma attack. It's absolutely fucked. Anyway, she proceeds to clean. And I do what any self-respecting 30-year-old man would do. I busy myself in a different room that she is. We all know the dance. It's a dance as old as time. You're too awkward to directly say to the person, what room are you doing? Because I'll be in another one. So you just sort of busy yourself in a different room. She is the, lizo- she is the lion and you are the gazelle in what can only be described as the slowest hunt in the history of mankind. Not including, of course, the search for Madeleine McCann's killer. But after 45 minutes in the hot press, you have to have a look at yourself and think the madness ends here. 
But the thing is, and the reason why this is guilt, the, the guilt laden, this whole process, is I feel like Irish families go to obscene lengths just to avoid the fact that they have a cleaner. You know, in casual conversation, they'll be like, oh yeah, well, you know, we've got a great girl now, Daphne. Um, ah, she just gives us a bit of a hand every now and then, you know. You have a cleaner who you pay. It's a transaction. There should be nothing to be embarrassed about that you're employing somebody to help you with clean your house. This is completely normal. Do you know what I mean? But it runs deeper than that. The 50 euro left on the counter from the night before by your mum with a little piece of paper beside it with the cleaner's cleaner's name on it. Which is insane. As if to suggest that we leave so many fucking 50 euros lying around, around the house, we have to start labelling them. It's total madness. It is absolute madness. And then we, we just can't, we can't confront the fact that there's a cleaner in our house. So we all freak out. I remember one morning, my brother hid up the chimney for so long, he came out talking about Maggie Thatcher. The lengths we go to, to avoid the awkward interaction. She comes into the kitchen one time, and I'm all of a sudden ridiculously busy peeling the sticker off the kiwis in the fruit bowl with one finger. Sorry, I can't talk, Magda. I'm up to my eyes trying to count how many raisins there are in this box of Alpen without opening it. Why are we so awkward? Why are we so ashamed of this? There's nothing to be embarrassed about. And everyone, oh no, we've got the, oh Magda's brilliant now. No, she comes in every two weeks now and she's, she's fabulous now, you know, yeah, yeah. Is she, yeah? Oh yeah, she's been with us for 15 years and, um, ah, uh, no, we, uh, we can never let her go now. She's part of the household. Is she, yeah? What happened the last time your Ray-Bans were lost? What happened the last time you couldn't find those concert tickets? Magda. Simply has to have been Magda. There's no, there's no other, there's literally, no, oh, there they are. Ah, they're in my pocket. Guys, anybody see my AirPods? No, AirPods? No. Magda. Has to be Magda. Alert the authorities. Magda. It was Magda, Magda, Magda. Mom! Mom! Have you seen my le- left Reebok? My, my, my left Reebok! What? Have you seen my left Reebok, Mom? No, but why are we in Surrey? I don't know. We're actually in Dean's Grange. Have you seen my left Reebok, Mom? No, no. Must have been Magda. I'll call the police. Oh, Grant, don't even look outside the back garden and see the fucking Labrador with the lace hanging outside of his mouth. This is absolute madness. Five minutes later. Ah, Magda's a great girl. Ah, she's a great girl. Magda. Poor fucking Magda. Ah, she's been with us for a decade now. She's great. The only more thing, the only awkward thing that gets even more awkward, by the way. Actually, you know what happens, sorry, before I even go there. Magda does this thing, which I find completely bizarre. She comes... Okay, let me fra- let me be careful how I phrase this now. Magda does this thing where she comes over to the house before she cleans. And then she, like, changes into clothes that she's cleaning in, which is obviously completely understandable. But here's what I don't understand. She comes over to the house in a tracksuit... And then gets changed into jeans to do the cleaning. I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all. That's like getting changed out of your tuxedo into, like, I don't know, a Reebok tracksuit to go to your Debs. Unless, of course, you went to Oatlands. Do you know what I mean? The saga continues. The endless awkwardness persists. And we go on. And we get used to this new normal. 
of having a stranger in your house and having to leave the 50 euro on the table because every member of the household is too fucking crippled with the anxiety of having to actually hand over the money, palm over fist or hand over fist or whatever, into their hand and acknowledge what is going on here. We get used to that. That becomes standard procedure. But then, I don't know if this happened to any of you, but this happened to me as a kid. And it is arguably one of the most awkward situations one can ever be exposed to. You're upstairs in your room. You're relaxing, okay? The cleaner's downstairs. Well, you're not relaxing, of course, because the cleaner's downstairs. So you're actually just, you know, playing musical rooms. But you hear your mum shout out, shout up. Mark, come on down. Say hi to Magda's son, Malachi. Oh, for fuck's sake, she's brought the son. This is awful. This is the worst. You go downstairs, you're 14 or 13 or 12, teen. You get introduced to him. Hiya, Malachi. Oh, and your mum's there trying to make, you know, like the fucking Kofi Annan of social encounters. Oh yeah, Mark, uh, uh, Mark's really into hip-hop. Um, Malachi, what's, Malachi, you're into, re- uh, really into Dungeons and Dragons, aren't you? Ah, uh, good stuff. Comparing Dungeons and Dragons to hip-hop is like comparing the Wax Museum on Parnell Street to the Louvre. There's literally nothing in common. They've got less in common than my parents did before the divorce. Hey, Amaliki, you're not a nerd by any chance, are you? I've just, sorry, I just, uh, I've never seen a 14-year-old with the wispy hair and nasal fortitude of a dissident scientist. Amaliki? Amaliki, you didn't spend most of your years in secondary school stuffed inside a locker by any chance, did you? Upside down in a rubbish bin with your two legs hanging out, was it? Malachi, you didn't go to primary school with a wheelie bag, did you? You didn't walk to school looking like a flight attendant, was it? Anyway, you go out and you play with Malachi. They send you to the garden. Well, thank fucking God. Meanwhile, your Labrador is chewing your 14 pairs of shoes and the police are about to swarm the gap with the battens with red dots appearing on Magda's chest as she hoovers the living room. Malachi will be wearing a weird combination of clothes that look like they've been done in The Sims. You feel for the kid, but he just never stood a chance. A woolly jumper and board shorts. A leather jacket and pedal pushers. Absurd. One of these kids that was forced to wear Velcro sandals regardless of the season or the sport. You feel sorry for the boy. No wonder he wasn't an athlete. No wonder. You should try, by the way. You should try learning how to swim in a pair of fucking Birkenstocks. My pipe dream was to win an MTV Music Award. He wanted to go on Robot Wars with his imaginary pet robot called Pythagoras. Robot Wars, by the way. (laughs) Do you remember Robot Wars? You're not a pervert by any chance, are you? And next up, we've got Derek from Shropshire. What age are you, little Derek? I am 53. Good stuff. Good. Derek, you don't work in a video shop by any chance. You don't work in ExtraVision by any chance, do you, Derek? You don't fancy yourself as the next Tarantino by any chance, do you, Derek? You know those perverts, they'd be on Robot Wars. And they'd be like building this thing for seven years. Well, I also work in a blockbusters, and actually, yeah, I am working on a script. You're not Tarantino, Derek. You watch too much porn. The mum would come into the video shop on a Friday evening with three of her kids, and he'd bring them straight to the horror section. <laughs> not everybody wants horror. By the way, Derek, not everybody wants horror movies. The real horror section in every suburban video shop on a Friday night was watching my mum and dad rent enough movies to drown out the silence of their relationships. Back to Malachi. Poor old Malachi. He always loved ger... You know those kids, they'd always have like a gerbil or a hamster 
had a Tamagotchi till he, when he was like far too old to have a Tamagotchi. Probably even had two Tamagotchis. That's a lot of Tamagotchis. Oh, um, Mark, bring Malachi upstairs and show him your posters. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, so that's Eminem there. Yeah, that's DMX. Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. So what, what are you interested in, Malachi? Insects. Sorry? You're interested in insects. Oh, for the love of... The kid doesn't stand a chance. He's even weirder than... like. It's like the mum with the weird friend. Everybody's mum has a weird friend. They're always got some, you know, they're, they're the weird friend. They were really close in college, but like they only get to see each other every, like every now and then these days. Oh, why? Where does she live? Portugal? The Galapagos? Leitrim? No, no, no. She lives down the road. The only reason, mum, you don't see her is because she's mental. She's absolutely mental. She spends every Wednesday morning smoking weed and listens to Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House in her dressing gown. Usually wears ridiculously long cardigans where the colour palettes match the glasses like she's judging pastries on the Great British Bake Off. The woman is stone mad. She'd refer to herself as spiritual without realising you can literally see the two lads chasing her with butterfly nets trying to get her back into the van. Anyway. Malachi standing there in your room in his pedal pushers, his fucking Velcro sandals with the flashing lights, his leather jacket and the fucking skin tight rugby jersey. He's just like copy and pasted on MS Paint, the poor guy. And you'd suffer there in silence. At least we'd be away from our mums. And eventually you'd look each other in the eye and just accept defeat. And at the exact same time, you'd both say, Do you want to uh, show each other our dicks? Thank you so much for listening to the Sunday Roast. Guys, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate your patience over the last few months. Um, hasn't been very easy for all of us. Um, and I have been, uh, yeah, and I've been up and down, over the moon and under the weather, etc. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for sticking with me and listening to the show whenever it does get released. Things have been fairly hard, but fingers crossed, we will, uh, we will go again. If you're interested in supporting the show and supporting me, please consider subscribing to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. You can follow me on Instagram at Megan Mark. As I said earlier, there's going to be lots of, or there is an interview coming this week uh, with Meditations for the Anxious Mind coming to the Patreon along with some other bits. But yeah, hope you're doing all right. Thank you so much again for listening. I really, really appreciate it. The sun makes a bit of a difference to your mood, doesn't it? I don't think I was ever one of those people that was aware of how much the weather does affect my mood, but it does. Irrelevant. No one cares. Anyway, have a good weekend. Take care.